Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Grant Cook, friend of the show. And uh, Grant, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us and glad you could make time for us. How are you doing this afternoon? Yeah, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys giving me a shout. Uh, doing well. Uh, it is extremely hot outside, but uh, yeah, everything's, uh, everything's going well. Yeah, could you imagine uh, playing and practicing out in this weather, out in this heat back when you were in college? I, uh, you know, we did, and, and now I, uh, you know, I, I have to think about mowing my yard, and I <laughs> balk at mowing my yard when it's this hot. So sometimes I wonder uh, how it's so tough to get through practices um, when I can't even mow my yard in this heat anymore. But, um, you know, it's heck getting old, so. That's the way it goes, man. It's the way it goes. But I know that around this time of year, I'm sure, though, the the itch starts hitting you again. You get in the fall, you start feeling like, man, I wish I could still be out there still playing and uh, still being all a part of it, and especially uh, living up there in Northwest Arkansas and knowing that the Razorbacks, there's a lot of expectations this season. But uh, just what do you make of from what you know, what you've been seeing, and kind of your expectation for the Razorback football team this upcoming year? Yeah, you know, I mean um... – Yes, the itch is still there to answer your initial question, uh, especially this time of year. I mean, you start getting into the season, and that's the real fun part of being a college football player. Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't been around uh, the program much. Been a little busier as I'm, you know, getting older. My dad, so I don't, I don't get around as much as I used to. But I did. Uh, I was able to make my way up to uh, practice on Saturday, the, the scrimmage, uh, and watched a good part of that. And I'll tell you um, that. We, we look big um, and in, in a good way. Uh, finally, that kind of SEC size in the trenches, which is obviously where I, you know, I pay most attention to. But offense and defensive line-wise, um, we, we look the part. Um, and, you know, we obviously have some talent there with, uh, with Bo and, and Brady, um, you know, anchoring the offensive line, brought in some really talented guys on the defensive line and got to see them in, in action a little bit in the, on the scrimmage they put together uh, not only is that defensive line large but i mean they're chasing kj down in the backfield um so it's it's uh, encouraging to see that you know it's not just the size piece of it but it's also the athleticism that's coming along with some of that so you know the transfer portal has been uh, has been good to us in in that aspect so uh, I'm, I'm excited to see this year obviously expectations are are incredibly high uh you know the offensive backfield was kj and rocket um, I don't know that there's a better backfield in the country. Arguably, there's not. Um, you know, the, the wide receivers, obviously, a bunch of new names. Um, but I, I saw some some of the, those guys in action Saturday. Uh, very very talented group. Uh, we have some depth there. Uh, the, the biggest piece to me, though, John, was the depth on the defensive line and, and at linebacker. Uh, they they really brought a lot of people in, rotated people in with the ones and twos. So, um, you know, I think we'll see a lot of, of new names, uh, new names and, and, you know, old names that, that we all know on the defensive side of the ball this year. Offensive line, you perform as a unit and there's a lot of cohesion. How much of an adjustment do you think it'll be with breaking in some new starters for that offensive line going into the season? Yeah, there's always an adjustment, Joe. You know, it's, it's one of those where, um, you know, the, the five have to be uh, act as one, right? And, uh, everyone needs to know what everyone's doing, and uh, I think that 
you know, they've had a lot of time together. That's one thing about the transfer portal. You bring guys in early, so they go through spring together. They get a full summer working out together, really kind of get to know each other. Uh, and then you get these uh, the summer camp and the first few games to kind of build that bond, understand how each other plays the game. Um, so, you know, they'll need the first few games. Uh, everyone does. You know, it's, it's the first time that you're hit by, by someone not wearing the same color as you. Um, and, uh, and, and so there'll be an adjustment period there. But, you know, the hope is that by BYU, we've really kind of fine-tuned uh, all of that. Uh, everyone's on the same page, and, and they're ready to go for, uh, for that game get it finalized, and then uh, then we start a, a pretty tough stretch right off the bat going into the SEC. Well, Grant, one thing that uh, Coach Pippen was talking about as far as concerns go is offensive line depth, and, and even at one point he was talking about pass protection and uh, how he, it wasn't where it needed to be just a, a couple of scrimmages ago. And being a former offensive lineman and, of course, playing under Petrino, we all knew that what happened if you guys didn't pass protect because the quarterback was definitely somebody that needed to stay upright. But what's the key as an offensive lineman in being able to have that elite elite pass protection? Because it's one thing to just go and hitting the guy in front of you and and run blocking and all that, but it it requires quite the the art and the technique to try to make sure that you're doing the job you're supposed to be doing when pass protecting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the the first thing is is understanding what the guy across from you is going to do before the ball snaps. Um, so that, that what we used to call FBI, football intelligence, of understanding what depth the linebackers are at, where are the safeties on the field, where you know are they on the hash, are they in the middle field, is it single high or too high, looking at the corners, really understanding what the defense is going to do post-snap to give yourself the ability, because those guys are so athletic, if if you're reacting to their movement, you've already lost, right? And so, um, you know, I know Coach Kennedy and the rest of the crew are really coaching those guys up, trying to help them understand exactly what that defense is, is trying to do. Um, and then from there, it's, it's your technique, right? I mean, they, they hone it every day. Every day at practice, they're, they're working drills to, to make sure that they know their assignment and they know their technique. And then lastly, it's effort, right? I mean, how bad? Do you want to stop that person from from getting where he wants to go or doing what he wants to do? Um, and I, you put those three things together, and and you know you're you've got a recipe for success. Um, and so you know I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the five that they put out there um, all you know have those character characteristics. Um, from the depth pers- perspective, you know I think we've got we've got several young guys out there. Um, not necessarily starting, but but definitely in the in the twos. I know Coach Pittman. One of the big things he talked about is having a you know a true you know ten person offensive line. So there's a real backup for each position, and you know where you get yourself in trouble is, is you start putting multiple people out of their natural positions, and you, you can get yourself in trouble there. So uh, the more depth that we can grow, uh, the better off we'll be. And uh, you know I know that that's something they're focused on. How different is it, Grant, going from if you're talking about being an interior offensive lineman, which you were, if you're talking about playing left guard or right guard, how how much of a difference is that? Because on the defensive side, you hear guys always saying whether they're rushing from the left side or the right side is so much different, and they have to use a lot of different techniques. So for an interior lineman, how much different is that? You know, it, it is different. Um, I wouldn't say it's as drastic of a different difference as, as left tackle to left uh, to right tackle. Um, but any 
anytime you get that in that comfortability phase of, you know, my right hand's always on the ground, I know where my left hand is, you know, or my left hand's always on the ground, and I know where to put my right hand. Um, and then the vision of, of seeing the, the field in a different perspective, right? Also, something that, you know, people don't take into consideration is that if you're used to playing left guard, uh, you hear certain calls and certain plays in the huddle, then you know that assignment like the back of your hand. Well, now when you go to the right side or vice versa, you're on the you know the opposite end of that, right? So you have a completely new assignment based off that call. So, um, you know, when Coach Petrino, uh, when, we, when I was playing under Coach Petrino, we, we had strong and weak side, not left and right. So we actually swapped sides uh, depending on the play call. Um, so we we didn't have as much of that because we, we played left and right guard or left and right tackle each play that um, just depended on the call. But uh, for someone that, that really hones the skill in and gets comfortability in one position, uh, it is. It's completely different, and it's, uh, it takes some time to adjust. It's me with Grant Cook, former Razorback offensive lineman here on Out of Bounds. And, uh, Grant, another thing that I've always been fascinated by, especially in practices, and I think even some of the current offensive linemen have said it in their press conferences, is how much better they can get in practices when they're going up against elite guys on the other side. And when you were playing and practicing, Arkansas had some really good defensive linemen, you know, just a guy like Trey Flowers, a guy like Chris Smith, and D.D. Jones was really good. You know, there was a few dudes out there. So just looking at it for when it was like in practice, how much did that help you and prepare you for the SEC when you knew that in practice every single day you were going to go up against some really bad dudes like you had back when you were playing under Petrino? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pivotal, right? I mean, I, you know, iron sharpens iron. That was one of our sayings back in the day. And so uh, you know that if your defensive line that you're you're blocking every day in practice is one of the most elite defensive lines in the SEC, well, okay, there you go, right? I mean, you're, you're seeing one of the better defensive lines that people are having to prepare for week in and week out each week. So, um, you know, I think going back to the scrimmage this Saturday, what I liked to see was that there was some back-and-forth uh, wins and losses, right? So the defensive line won some, the offensive line won some, the entire defense lost some, the entire offense lost some. Um, so, you know, when we're going back and forth and, and the defense is, is totally dominating the offense or the offense is totally dominating the defense, that leaves some questions in your mind of, okay, well, which which side of the ball is lagging here? Why are we? Why is there such a drastic difference? Um, but you didn't really see that. There was a lot of back and forth, and it was pretty equal in the wins and losses, uh, both offensively and defensively. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, that, that defensive line, they look, they look big, they're athletic, um, they're, they're older, right? A lot of these transfers that we got in are, you know, junior, seniors, redshirt guys that, that have been in programs. So they kind of learned the tricks of the trade, and, and that just brings the younger guys up faster uh, from the offensive line perspective. Um, that they they they're going against guys that are that are seasoned, they're veteran, uh, they know the game, uh, and so they're they're you know iron sharpens iron. Like I said, I mean they're making each other better every day. Who were some of the players that stood out to you that you knew going into a game it was going to be a tough matchup? Um, for me personally, or, or yeah, yeah, for you personally, one? yeah. Oh gosh, uh, I mean you know Jake Beckett was one right i mean jake was was a a phenomenal uh phenomenal athlete phenomenal football player um you know trey was a was a freshman but you could tell very quickly that he was going to be a tremendous football player uh dd jones uh alfred davis 
who is now the defensive line coach at uh, for Missouri. Uh, he was always uh, very difficult to block. Uh, Byron Jones. I mean, we had you know the list goes on and on um, for those guys. Um, you know, and then in that time, and not much has changed in the SEC from a defensive line perspective. But um, you know, those those guys up and down every team had uh, some real dudes. Uh, in the SEC uh, from the defensive line. I mean, that's when I, when I, the short time I was in the NFL, um, most of the guys that I played against in the NFL, I had played against at some point in college. So that, that goes to show you that uh, the defensive line is, is a highly touted uh, position coming out of the SEC. So, Grant, uh, another thing, too, is like you had, of course, Ryan Mallett, Tyler Wilson, guys that uh, you were blocking for and, uh, Brandon Mitchell, I know, was also a, a pretty elite athlete back there and would play here sparingly. But uh, that's something I was always really fascinated for as an offensive lineman. The difference it would be from having to block and pass protect for a guy who's just a pocket passer. You know, he can run, he's athletic, but he's a pocket passer. But then you see someone like a K.J. Jefferson and knowing that he can get out of it. Is it almost like a safety net in a little bit of a way where it's like you don't want to look at it in the back of your head if like, oh, well, if this guy gets by me, it's good. But – uh, is there just a different mentality maybe of having the type of quarterback that you're having to block for compared to uh, pocket passers or just dual threat guys? Yeah, you know, I think there, I think there definitely is. Um, you know, it, to your point, you know, you, you never just want to, you know, chalk it up as, oh, well, maybe he'll get out of it if this guy gets by me. I mean, you want to give him every, every opportunity to run the play that's there. But, um, yeah, I mean, you definitely take comfort knowing that you, you know you've got a 240-pound quarterback back there that also will scramble and run and is a very effective runner. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I would have, uh, I wouldn't trade the quarterbacks that I played with, but man, I tell you what, um, it'd be fun to block for KJ, no doubt. Grant, during your time at Arkansas, where did you start weight-wise, and what did you get up to, and then kind of where where are you now? Because we see all the time that <laughs> offensive linemen they you know, once they're done playing, they take a little little bit off. Yeah, I um, so when I when I showed up, um, I was like right under three hundred pounds, um, and uh, the heaviest I got uh, was about I don't know three thirty, three thirty five. That was usually toward the tail end of the season. After you, uh, you get about a three or four days at home for Christmas, and you show up at the bowl game, and maybe you put put a little bit too much uh, Christmas ham down. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, and now, man, I, unfortunately, I'm still hanging around the the low 300. But uh, you know, hey, we're we're working one day at a time to get that knocked out. Um, but yeah, um, and if you look look, I was looking at some of the weights uh, on the roster here. Um, it looks like we're we're starting to lean back toward that uh, that that large frame offensive line that we had when uh, Coach Pittman was the offensive line coach here. Uh, kind of those. Alabama and Georgia-esque offensive lines. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that you know that's the that's the future of, of Razorback football. Yeah, great. Hey, listen, you're just keeping that weight on in case uh, you get a call from the NFL. Man, we get it. It's fine. You know, you just always want to be on the ready in case you ever have to make that jump. It's it's understandable. Exactly right. right. Yeah, it's understandable. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because you think about also, of course, the, during the time when you played uh, back in in the heyday when you had so much success, and then just looking at college football now from your perspective. What is something you look at and, and watching these games and today and uh, how the game has changed or maybe how it hasn't changed just from the 10 years ago when you played? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, as I watch football evolve, um, you know, I think about, 
the athleticism that you see. You know, it, it seems like each generation kind of gets more and more athletic, and I think that's something that I have, I have seen over the years. Um, but, you know, we were, you know, Coach Petrino's offense was kind of on the cutting edge. You know, I mean, you know, I was, I was watching uh, The Swamp on, um, on Netflix here recently, and, you know, Urban Meyer was kind of that uh, initiator of the spread offense and really kind of brought it to the front when he went to Florida, and Coach Petrino ran a similar type offense. So, you know, that, that was kind of toward the, the front of the, the, the spread becoming a real big part of college football. Um, and you see it almost everywhere now, right? And, I mean, it, it, the anomalies now are, are people who run more of the traditional eye formation and things. You really don't see that anymore. Um, you know, and, and you think about Coach Enos as more of a pro-style type quarterback coach and, and offensive coordinator, um, but there's still a lot of, of, you know, shotgun formations, not as much under center. So I think that over the years, you know, you've seen the, the quarterback step back and, and the majority of the plays are run from a shotgun formation um, and maybe you know, you'll start to see some some quarterbacks get back under center and that's the that's the the odd the odd look that you're going to throw a defense is is uh, you know not shotgun formation so I don't know um, it's um, I think the biggest thing though is just kids continue to be bigger faster stronger um, and uh, it's crazy how fast a lot of these big guys are, honestly. How much more difficult does that make it for an offensive lineman? You know, run blocking, you're moving forward. Pass blocking, you're trying to hold your ground and keep somebody from getting by you. So offensive linemen, they always prefer run blocking for the most part. And uh, does that make it more difficult if there's a lot more passing involved? I think so. Um, you know, I mean, it, when you're talking about run blocking, uh, you're on the you're on the attack, right? Um, and, and so you're not uh, you're not having to be I, I don't want to say passive but as passive when you're run blocking uh, you know when you're pass blocking obviously you're giving up ground and you're giving someone a two or three four yard head start uh, to come in and make a move or they're getting that momentum towards you so yeah I mean I, I think uh, for me personally pass blocking was always a little a little more difficult uh, than run blocking uh, but you know I think you'd ask any offensive lineman they probably say the same thing I mean. You know, we're, we were born to be road graders, and that's what we want to do. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it, it's not as, as easy um, as a lot of these guys make it look on the pass blocking side of things. I promise you that. Well, Grand Man, we really appreciate you joining us. It's great to talk some football with you, especially uh, about the ins and outs of the offensive line. And uh, it's always good to not only talk to a former Razorback, but uh, someone who turned in the Oscar-winning performance that you did in the movie Greater. So, like, <laughs> hey, Mason, man, we're honored to be in your presence, man, but we appreciate you hopping on with us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still waiting on that Oscar to be mailed to me, so I need, uh, I need somebody to follow up on that for me. But, uh, no, always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Go Hawks.